0: Hello and welcome to Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette, and as we do every week, we're joined by a brand new guest talking about their life and their journey throughout the world of martial arts. My guest today is the founder and lead instructor for Play It Safe Defense. She's been a martial artist for 29 years, and her program has been taught to hundreds of thousands of children, teens, and women since 2003. Her company officially certifies physical education teachers to teach self-defense and PE classes in California middle school and high school students. She's a nationally certified instructor for Women's Self-Defense Community and co-host of their podcast. She's appeared on Dr. Phil and the Doctors TV as an expert on self-defense. She's a board member with Crime Stoppers in San Diego, a member of ESD, the Empowerment Self-Defense Professionals, a worldwide organization of martial artists and self-defense instructors that teach self-defense and violence profession to non-martial artists. In her free time, it's all about her faith, family, dog, and the San Diego Padres. Please welcome my guest today, Tracy Arlington. How are you doing today, Tracy?
1: Uh, Super excited to be here. Big fan.
0: I'm excited too. I I appreciate you listening. So as you said, you've listened, so you know know how we kick it off. Uh, We want to go back to the beginning. We want to know where that first spark came from, that first interest that led to your martial arts journey.
1: Well, mine is kind of a funny story, and, and I'll keep it short, but I was bullied really badly.
0: Take, take all the time you want.
1: <laughs> in middle school, yep. Yeah. And um, I was the kid that went to the library and checked out the book on karate. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, I still got my butt kicked because, you know, hey, it's a book, right? right. And then the funny part of the story is I ran into my bully um, a few years ago um, as an adult and she was the nicest person, and she apologized to me for picking on me. And I said, no, no, really, you're, you motivated me to get into the martial arts. I'm a black belt. And she said, oh, my gosh, I'm a black belt, too. And oh, what wow. do you think I said? I go, oh, crap, you can still kick my butt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She was on that show American Gladiator. So imagine what she looked like.
0: Really? Yeah, Who, Which one? She was competitor or one of the members? You know,
1: I didn't know, but it was the very first, you know, what it was it back in the eighties, I think, what when am I American like eighty nine or ninety,
0: yeah. I think it launched. Yeah. yeah. I actually have a, a few of the original American Gladiators. they that are gonna be future guests on the show. I can't talk about right now, but uh, in the oh. next n- next like month or so I'll be interviewing at least two of them. So
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Hopefully hopefully sure. one of them wasn't your bully.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> She's a nice person now. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's good. Oh, that's good. So then it started with a, a book. So then what What led to your first actual instruction?
1: My son. So anyhow, um, my son got in trouble at school for being a Power Ranger when he was four. <laughs> and uh, so my husband said, well, let's put him in the martial arts. And I'm like, what? We're going to put him in karate? And he's karate chopping kids at school. And sure enough, we call, you know, the martial arts baby boot camp and, um, it just changed Matt's life. And then about a year later I came into it and, um, I was just, Obsessed, and then I really leaned more towards the self defense aspect. I wanted to know like real life, you know, street defense, rape defense, that type of thing. And so Matt ended up testing for his black belt a year before me, and now mm. he um, helps me run the company. Wow!
0: So then, was it? Did they have, like my instructor? Every time, every now and then, like I think once a year, they'll do for the kids. Bring your parents to class day. Was it something like that, or you just decided you want to give it a shot?
1: Yeah, it was that, and yes. then. Um, My sensei actually said to me, you know, have you thought about being in the martial arts? You know, you just, you seem like a martial artist, you know, he just really kind of pumped me up. And, and I, at the time I had a job that wasn't super safe. So yeah, I was all about learning, but really, honestly, it was more of the mom son thing because my husband, they had the baseball in common. And so I just wanted something that I could do with my son. And then my younger son, he got into it as well. In fact, they called him Dojo baby. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Pregnant, I tested for brown belt and I was six months pregnant with oh, wow. him.
0: Wow. Okay. That's kind of crazy. So yeah. first of all, what was that first style? And then what are some things you remember about, you know, your first few classes and stuff?
1: Oh, right. Well, we, um, our school it's, it's Taekwondo, but it's really mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. And so we, we just have that combination. Well, first of all, my sensei, I call him my Mr. Miyagi. I mm-hmm. mean, this man, he's like God to me almost. Nice. <laughs> I love him. It's um, And he has his uh, black belt in Taekwondo, brown belt in Judo, and then now he's working on his black belt in Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. So we have that real mixed martial arts combination. But our Taekwondo, um, we do Paul Gaze. Ah,
0: we do too. Nice.
1: Yeah. So we're we're not, I guess, the traditional um, mm-hmm. Korean, yeah. Um, but there's definitely a, a mixed blend. But I was hooked Um, Anything that I could hit and kick and just feel empowered was um, almost addicting.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yeah, no. So which is your uh, favorite? Paul? I'm not a huge fan of the forums, but which is your favorite Paul Gay?
1: I think the one that looks the co- the coolest is um, choreo. <laughs> okay,
0: okay, yeah. So, yeah I, I was never a fan of choreo. I like Paul Gay Chilchong. I was never a fan of choreo. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, yeah. But you, honestly, Brian, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be totally transparent. If you asked me to do any Paul Gay right now, I couldn't remember. <laughs> I, could, I could do Kei Cho and Paul Gay one, I think, yeah. because. I'm just immersed in the self-defense world.
0: Yeah, I'd have to give it a little bit. I could probably pull off one of the first two Paul Gays right now, but but I, I also, 10 feet away from me, have my notebook, and I, you know, within within five minutes, I could be doing it probably. <laughs> probably not yeah. well, but I could be doing it. <laughs>
1: Thank goodness for muscle memory.
0: Yes, I know it's amazing. It's uh, it, you know, I've talked to people who were you know students years ago, and like oh I'd love to come back, but I forgot everything. I'm like trust me, you'll, it'll come back. I'm like no, and I'll sometimes bring them to the gym on a weekend, and we'll start going over stuff, and, and they will be like wow, I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> it's like it's been fifteen years. I'm like yeah, it does stick in your head.
1: I think kind of it's a little bit ego thing because if, if if you if I go back as a black belt and I don't know my Paul gaze, then you feel like a weenie. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. i know i know i know my instructor sometimes like if i've been out for a while with an injury or something i'll call him and be like hey i'm gonna come to class tonight sir and he goes i go what do you want to want me to work on he goes well work on uh work on the orange belt technique i'll help, have you help the orange belts and i'll get there i'll go over my notes get ready for orange belt and during class like, mr brian go help the green belts i'm like seriously <laughs> don't do that <laughs>
1: Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he just you know smiles. <laughs> 100%. When I go in for testing, I always say, Sensei, please, just let me test the little kids. Uh-huh. I, don't want, I don't want to test the big kids.
0: <laughs> there's those handful of techniques that I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget. And then there's the ones that I need to brush up on my notes and stuff. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I got a friend of mine who I trained with, a good friend of mine. I've talked about a few times on the podcast, my friend Damien. Uh, we worked out together a lot in the 90s, and he, and he kind of quit, but... I remember like 2 years ago I called him up one time and I'm like hey uh, hey what what are the odds you, know, you remember this specific technique on this part do you turn left or right and he's like why would I I'm like no seriously he's like come on man and I'm like no no what and he's like you turn left <laughs> like he still knew, he still knew it like 20 years later I mean he was like
1: yeah, see if
0: it, if it's in there it's in there <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah. We have videos on, on the uh, dojos website for the students. So I guess worst case scenario, I could always look at one of the videos.
0: (laughs) There you go. But I know I, I need to, I've never found good videos of the Paul Gays that are, cause I know a, a few schools, there's just very slight variations of the Paul Gays. I mean, they're 99% the same, but a few schools just have slight variations on like where your hand is or something or the way you turn or something like that. And I've never found one exactly like our school doesn't. So yeah, I need to get with my instructor and be like, let's just make some videos.
1: Right. So, yeah. For the no, students,
0: it'd be helpful. <laughs> so yeah. I, I know you said, you mentioned you, you focused on the self-defense part. Now, at any point, did you get involved in the competition side of things at all?
1: Oh, you know, I did, just, but just in-house. You mm-hmm. know, um, I was not a huge fan of, of forms competitively, but sparring I loved, of course. Oh, okay. Really, we, we poured so much time into Matt. Matt was a huge competitor. He went to, you know, Vegas, Long Beach, Um, we were, oh, he even went to the California state games and he took the gold in sparring. Nice. So we were those parents that were really, you know, more into watching our kid (laughs) compete. Yeah. Yeah. But I always wish there was an event where they, it was more like street, like street self-defense. I Mm -hmm. thought that was really cool if somebody could come up with that, but I don't know how they would do it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I've seen a lot of tournaments that do demos for that. I know that in in Long Beach internationals used to do, you know, self-defense demos it would be cool. It'd be kind of cool to actually. I mean, you could do a competition, and maybe this is done, but do a competition where like you have to essentially put together your own self defense thing, and then they have like four people doing it, and you they decide who did it best.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I'm kind of like Miss Congeniality, the movie. Yeah. yeah okay, there you go. <laughs> right yeah but um our our school is is very much into uh competition um our demo team just won the iska the world the u.s open world championship so nice. our team is the world champions yeah um and that's run by sensei will jackson but my sensei who i've been with um sensei kikuchi he um he actually opened the school in in 86 so oh, wow. he's been a long time. And like I said, his background is amazing. He, he even does um, uh, Muay Thai, mm-hmm. uh, Jeet Kune Do, Wushu, Aikido, Kaji Kempo. Nice. And, and he brings in a lot of the Wushu. He brings in a lot of other senseis to come and lecture us. And on our black belt tests, we um, we have an oral part where we have to know each art. We have to, we have to know uh, something about each art. And then uh, public speaking is a big part of our dojo too mm-hmm. yeah <laughs>
0: so now you mentioned that now so you're talking like like all the arts so like part of the judo part of the you have to answer questions about each of those styles
1: right um wow. where, where they originated from um, what they're about uh-huh okay. it's a brutal our black belt tests and, and you know what? That's what I love listening about your podcast is everybody's black belt tests are different, yep. but ours is brutal. We, I mean, I'm not I, let's just say, no, challenging. Mm-hmm. It's three days and a lot of it, you know, there's an oral part, um, even written. We even have to write essays, mm-hmm. but uh, the physical part, we have to run five miles in a certain amount of time, wow. depending on your age. And then it's a whole day of just you know nothing but sprinting and pull-ups and push-ups to the point of where you think you're going to die you know yeah <laughs> and the day of forms and then there's a day of orals and then there's a, the fourth day that's a full day of sparring and self-defense and and we use the padded suit guys what the, ah, with the with the okay. on yeah so we simulate attacks with with these guys turn the lights off make it dark
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, the the oral test was always my least favorite part. because I I I, I hated school as a kid, so I hated doing homework and learning that stuff. And yeah, I had like yeah, like memorize what each part of the Korean flag meant, and had to know all the terminology in Korean and stuff. And yeah, I I, I, that was my least favorite part of the test. (laughs)
1: You would ace it now. People would come to you for coaching.
0: (laughs) No, even that. Even now, I don't. I'm not not a fan. I mean, the physical stuff is the hardest part, but my least favorite (laughs) is the oral part. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. yeah, It's just, you know, maybe it's harder to memorize stuff in my old age. Who knows? (laughs) I know.
1: I know. Me too.
0: (laughs) At what belt level did you start getting involved in the teaching part of it?
1: Okay. Well, that's, you know, you can't even test for black belt until you've checked off a lot of community service.
0: Nice.
1: So, yeah, our our whole mission statement. This is what I love about our dojo is that you know we're committed to making a difference in the world. Um, part of our student creed is I am using my martial arts to n- inspire a kind and compassionate world. And so we we're really into teaching and giving back. So uh, since they started, he just asked me, "What do you want to do? Do you want to teach?" You know martial arts or do you want to teach self-defense and i said oh it's all about self-defense and so he sent me out into the community to, to do women and this was the major fork in the road for me because uh when i was teaching women's self-defense classes i was teaching taekwondo moves mm-hmm. and i could tell by the looks on their faces when my students would leave that they're like oh i'm never going to remember this right <laughs> Yep. Yeah. And so that's when I just got the bug. I thought, no, there's got to be an easier system for these women and children that are coming in for, you know, the one one session self-defense class. And um, so after Black Belt, that's when I met my other mentor, um, Brad Parker. He's the one that started the women's self-defense community um, along with Steve And I don't know if you know him as well, but they, uh, so what they did was um, I was certified with them and they teach large motor skill, self-defense versus fine motor skill. And that was I mean, that's when the bells and the whistles went off because I realized that in an intense situation, you know, I'm not going to be doing a combination of 10 moves, flip the guy over and do an ax kick and it's over, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So what, um, they're, they're both jujitsu guys. So, um, they taught more like, if you can't get that strike in and go, then you need to go to the ground. You're for women. Our strongest weapons are our legs and blow out the knee, blow out the groin. The guy bends over to punch you you know, kick him in the throat. So when I came back and after the certification, my sensei kind of looked at me and said, they're teaching you to go to the ground. Cause you know that, you know, so many martial artists are like, never go to the ground grasshopper. know <laughs> <Yep. laughs> And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. It's different for women and children, especially if they don't know martial arts, right? right? But you know, but you go to the ground, and and my company motto, or actually, you might have noticed, our company um, mascot is the chihuahua. Mm-hmm. You're so tiny and mighty and fierce. So, you know, it's like if you can't get that strike in and go, go to the ground, have a self-defense temper tantrum and go Chihuahua crazy. And it just all came, it just, it all made sense. It combining the jujitsu and the taekwondo. Wow.
0: Now, what, now you got involved with women's self-defense community. How long was it? And then what What was it that made you decide to start your own company?
1: Yeah. So what happened was, so I got certified, I came back, and then Sensei had gone to, um, you know, the big Vegas show they have every year for the martial arts convention? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So he came back with this course and he said, hey, Tracy, how about, this is a course for children. It's for kids that don't really want to be in the martial arts, but their parents want them to learn a self-defense class. And then hopefully the idea was once you get them in your dojo, then they get excited and they want to sign up. Right. Mm -hmm. So this this was huge. We started the class and there were things that I didn't really like about it. And there were things I loved about the curriculum. And then I got on with the Girl Scouts. And in fact, to this date, I've taught over 200,000 Girl Scouts. Wow. Yeah. And the Girl Scouts were starting to show me what they really wanted to learn. It was more like, yeah, we want to learn abduction defense, but it was, what about 90% of the time, it's someone that we know. So we have a body safety component in there where we talk about, you know, it, it's, it might be somebody that you know and trust that wants to touch your body. And then a lot of my course is verbal defense. So it's learning how to deescalate. It's learning how not only to deal with bullying, but I, for Girl Scouts, I have to teach them how to deal with the yo-yo friend, you know, the mm-hmm. friend that One day they're nice to me and the next day they're not. So I put this whole course together, changed the name, and then this is what what we found out. People didn't want to come to the dojo because Saturdays seemed to be the day where everyone was playing sports. What they want is for me or for us to go to them. And that is how Play It Safe started because now I travel. My whole business is a mobile business. So I go to the troop meetings or I go to the corporate training or I go to a women's event, or a lot of people book me privately at their home and then they pull together a group of kids or women. And so that's really our whole business model is that we're a mobile business. How
0: far do you travel?
1: Well, um, I just travel in San Diego County, but I we do travel outside the county, you know, if there's a travel fee. I have a couple of licensees and we're trying to expand that program, but we do, I do have um, people teaching in other states. I just have, you know, three or four. So we're really hoping to get places. It's safe out there because I don't know about you, but I'm so tired of getting the emails that say, Hey, do you have your program in my city? (laughs) And I have to say no. Mm -hmm. And then there's nobody that I can even refer them to. I'll go online and I try to figure out, you know, who teaches um, a one session self defense class versus, you know, a martial arts kids class. It's really difficult to find. So, you know, if there's a lot of schools out there that can do both, that could, you know, send somebody out just to teach a Girl Scout troop, that could be a, a definitely an added bonus to any martial arts school.
0: That's cool. No, I know that's something that. I have friends all over the country and, you know, they know I'm involved in martial arts and I'll always get like emails or calls or texts or something like that. You know, Hey, I'm in, I'm in this town. Find me a good school. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And I, I'm just, for so many friends. I've done so much research on, you know, martial artists in different parts of the country and stuff. And that's another cool thing that's helped with this podcast. I've had people reach out and like, well, I have a guest from that area. Let me reach out and ask them <laughs> and stuff. And so it, it's been a good resource that way too, just to find, you know, help friends right. in other parts of the country, find a good instructor, whether it's for self-defense, or fitness or just traditional martial arts or whatever, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good yeah. net, networking thing.
1: You know, um, here's my big call out. Anybody listening, if you have uh, if you can teach a children's self-defense class, like, you know, I do it in two hour session or a women's class reach out to me because, so that I can recommend you. I, in fact, I just got a phone call yesterday from somebody in the Los Angeles area and thank goodness it was LA because I was able to, um, well, I actually recommended Jody oh, nice. <laughs> and I also recommended somebody else that I know, but sometimes it's cities that, you know, I don't know anybody. in, so I'd love to start building um, a list of people to recommend.
0: Yeah. That's an idea for someone, you know, to start a database like that and, <laughs>
1: Right. <laughs> that people right, could, uh-huh. people
0: get access. I don't want to do it at another time <laughs> because this podcast keeps me busy. But it'd be cool yeah. an online database. But you know that's the thing is you got to be able to. You want to make sure you're sending some someone someplace good. You don't want to send them someplace and they're like, God, that was horrible. Why'd you send me there? Yeah, so yeah. got to be. And I don't want
1: to just go online and look at the schools. Exactly. And yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And and like you, I get that question all the time from parents. They mm-hmm. always ask me to recommend schools, and I only recommend uh, schools that I've vetted. But then when they ask me, you know, how do you pick a martial arts school? um, Mm -hmm. That's that's an easy answer. You know, I always just tell them you know does your child want to hit and strike or do they want to grapple and then find three to five schools in your area and just go and watch your child will tell you who looks fun and it's not about the art I always say that yeah. it's about the instructors
0: yep I know I've had many people what style should I learn that's not what it's about I mean unless you specific. I mean it's different for an adult if an adult wants to learn a specific style that's different but kids it's you know <laughs> that's usually for a different reason but 90, right. 90% of the time the style doesn't matter it's so about right. The, right. About the instructor and the environment in the school, which is, which is a good way to right. look at it.
1: But, you know, can I say one thing, though? Yeah. I really am a fan of mixed martial arts, and I'll tell you why. And I and I hope this doesn't offend anybody. Um, I had a couple of kids in my class, my um, after-school program, that were in jiu-jitsu, and these kids could not strike. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they couldn't strike and they couldn't kick. It was kind of awkward, right? And they're, they're like seven years old telling me they're going to bring a full-grown man down to the ground. <laughs> And I love jujitsu, so don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. right? But then I've had other kids that are, can kick and strike but would not even know what to do if they were on the ground. Yeah. So it's just so important to know both.
0: I know when I did I took a keto in college – you know, the, my instructor was so happy that I had other martial arts trainings. Oh, so you really know how to kick and punch? We can use that. So, yeah. So I got I, I got to be the, the the dummy quite a bit <laughs> with and kick and then get flipped around and thrown and dropped. And But it right. was awesome. I loved it. <laughs>
1: and how about the kid that always goes, I always say, hey, um, if Dwayne The Rock Johnson walked in this class right now, how would you defend yourself? And they always say, I'm going to punch him in the stomach. And then what I do is I have them come up and punch me in the stomach, you know, older woman and they're like oh that didn't work
0: (laughs) (laughs) so explain then how how your company play at safe defense works with women's self-defense community oh how does that relationship work
1: yeah so um if if somebody were to come if somebody were to license under me they they would just really be teaching children through middle school because the teen like high school women's part of the class that's That's who I was certified under was Brad and Steve and that's full contact so we use the padded suit guys and um, I've got to tell you I'm so busy right now every single one of my women's classes this summer are, are booked because of all of the college bound girls. And uh, we really encourage that women and teens come in and they experience the full contact training at their, you know, their their own pace, their own comfort level. But I do have groups that don't want the suit. They just want like we call it a level one basic where it's still a women's class. They still get the same info. They're striking um, bags and pads. And then guess who my employee of the month is? Bob. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. He even has a shirt that says. Bob, employee of the month. So they love, they, they love, awesome. they love striking him. Yeah. So, um, so anyhow, that's that's where I was certified. Was was in that full contact training. We use Tony Blower suits. Yeah, So it, when we use our, we, you know, the padded suit or the protective gear, um, we always laugh because you know it's. Do you want to fight slow zombie or fast zombie? We we use Tony Blower because, you know, the the suits with the big, big heads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, those guys, you know, they don't go to the ground. But with the Tony Blower suit, that's what they use in law enforcement training in the military. Our guys spend the majority of the time on the ground. And I'll tell you why. Because we really concentrate on the rape all the rape positions. And to me, the most common way that women are brutalized is some, is the straddle. Someone's sitting on your stomach and mm-hmm. choking. You. So we work on chokes, a lot of chokes. Um, second most common weapon used on women, it's choking. So my women don't leave that class without knowing um, how to get out of the choke holds, how to get out of the rape mounts, and then of course the straddle.
0: All right, so think back to that very first women's self-defense class when you were pretty much just teaching Taekwondo moves to now. What do you think obviously has changed the most about your teaching style over the years?
1: Oh, gosh. I think about that all the time, Brian. I think that very first class, I can still see it where I'm teaching. Okay, I'm teaching this woman. She's standing up. She's got to be like in her 60s, and I'm teaching her to kick to the knee from the upright position. Okay, there's no way she's going <laughs> to be able to bring someone down with a kick to the knee, right? She's mm-hmm. 60. So, oh my gosh! So then, now we bring in the large motor skills, you know, to try try to get in that that strike and know that you're probably going to end up on the ground. So go to the ground on your terms, and then and kick. Use your legs and your and your voice is your biggest weapon. So, the, and then of course, using the padded suit, guys. The class has evolved. I'm kind of embarrassed to think about the old days. <laughs>
0: that's part of martial arts is evolving and learning. So it's good.
1: Yeah, yeah. So,
0: so talk about the podcast and, and kind of what led to that and, and just some of your experiences with that.
1: You know, for us, it's just getting information out there. And for me personally, I'm um, Brad. Uh, he's, you know, his specialty is women's self-defense, but mine will, will always be kids. I think that's what, um, how I ended up on the Dr. Phil show. And I don't think there's enough information out there uh, for parents to teach their children self-defense or help them along. Those are the parents that or the kids that don't want to be in the martial arts. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to get those non-martial art kids empowered. I wish that martial arts were part of physical education. You know, I, I really, too. that's never going to happen. Um, we're lucky in California because California is the only state I think out of all four, 50 that it's required to have a combative component in PE. So they're allowed to teach self-defense, but nobody can because nobody really knows it. Right. Mm -hmm. So the reason we started the podcast was just to get that information out there and to show video, we want to talk about all different types of subjects, you know, college safety, traveling, but also be able to offer up the techniques so that if their child's not in the martial arts, at least they can teach their children or they can have a discussion with their college bound daughter on, you know, safety and prevention and, and what to do, God forbid.
0: And then how often do you do them?
1: So we just uploaded eight we're, and we're just, it's, it's brand new and we're still only on YouTube and okay. now we're working on getting it on all the other platforms so that it'll be audio on, you know, Apple, Spotify. And our goal I think is really to maybe do two a month because there's okay. so many different topics. I, I know I'm going to be doing a lot of back to school safety segments and you know what I love? Oh my gosh, this is my calling. I'm a storyteller. Okay. So, My students beg me (laughs) to tell all my funny stories because I have – hilarious stories of kids defending themselves you know and they want they want to hear it all the time you might have seen on inside edition the girls that threw a slurpee on a guy and got away or the one girl that used blue slime to defend herself or i actually met a woman that was abducted when she was nine and the guy got her in the back of the car and she had a temper tantrum and pooped her pants oh wow the guy pulled over and let her go. And then this mom was driving by and picked her up, took her to the police station. They caught him. And it turned out he had killed two other little girls before her. And wow. he she was the one that got away. And he got the death penalty in Florida. Wow. That's so cool. I don't tell the kids about the death penalty part. But, right. but kids learn from stories. They're like, oh, Mrs. Arlington, tell us the poop story. <laughs> That's awesome. So, I want to do a lot of podcasts where, you know, we talk about self defense success stories. Okay. That's what I want people to hear, whether it's an adult or a child.
0: That's actually really cool. I'll, I'll definitely put a link out there for that when the show comes out because I think that'll be a fun one for people to check out.
1: Yeah. And, and like I said, we're working on getting it up on the other platforms. Right now, we're just on YouTube. Okay.
0: <laughs> launching a a podcast through like actual podcast platforms is is fun but it's not easy any anything i can do to help feel free to reach out (laughs) i've I've launched i've launched three podcasts in the last five years so
1: oh yeah i'll definitely be emailing you
0: nice nice well anything i can do to help i will so thank
1: you thank you
0: now you mentioned you're you're a fan of mma how about the ufc is that something you're a fan of do you watch the ufc at all
1: You know, I have to tell you, I, my sons do, you know, they pay for it. I'm this, I'll I'll tell you, I always teach whatever you're not allowed to do in the UFC. That's what you do on the streets. (laughs) And I will pay, I promise you, I will pay to watch Zuckerberg (laughs) and Elon fight. That's about it. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: think a lot of people watch that one.
1: (laughs) I'll definitely watch that. <laughs>
0: I'm glad they're taking it seriously because they've been they've been training. I mean, they've actually been training.
1: No, yeah. I know. Did you hear Tyrus, the guy who's I don't know, he's some I don't know, he's said the big guy, he's a, a champion mm-hmm. he's a wrestler. But anyhow, he said he's going he wants to train Elon just to take a really good first punch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. That's funny.
0: I know Elon actually trained in martial arts for a long time when he was younger. So he, oh, did he? he? Yeah, yeah. He's he trained in um, Kyokushin. No yeah, so, I mean, he, he trained in. I don't remember how long and like what belt level he got to, but he did train in that when he was younger.
1: Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, I am going to watch that. Life. Yeah,
0: I don't know <laughs> if Zuckerberg ever had any experience in that or not. But <laughs> who knows? It will be hilarious to watch. <laughs> so. Right, right,
1: right.
0: All right. Yeah. So in in all your your twenty nine years of martial arts, is, what is one philosophy you learned that that stands
1: out? You know, and I have to go back to our student creed you know, and that's, it's, it's giving back. It's, you know, we always say I'm dedicated and motivated to achieve black belt excellence. And that's in all parts of our, our lives. Okay. And, um, and for me, my calling, you know, really came from, God. I feel like God put me where I'm supposed to be. There's just too many things that lined up. And so taking that and giving back to the community, I got to tell you, anyone that's listening, if you haven't seen the movie Sound of Freedom, you've got to see it. And, uh, you know, we've got a really big problem with with trafficking. And if I can just help one child, you know, avoid that or at least be able to escape an abduction or anything in that that area, um, I feel like I've done my part.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I've been told I should. I've been told a lot of people.
1: Oh, it's amazing. I mean, you'll be motivated to do something. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's... It was playing here at one point, but I know it's, it's, it's been short runs at a lot of theaters. So. Yeah. I, I think you'll see it.
1: it come back though, because it just went over the hundred million dollar, I mean, dollar mark and people are, are just blown away at the success of it. So you'll find it. Okay,
0: good. I'll have to keep an eye out for that one. So, all right. Some fun questions now. Right, you know, this one's coming. Who would you put on your martial arts Mount Rushmore?
1: Oh, I love that. Okay. First, <laughs> it has to be my sensei. Sensei. Okay sensei during Kakuchi, and then you know who i would put right next to him mr miyagi nice <laughs> because sensei is my mr miyagi mm-hmm. yeah and then um uh, uh brad you know brad parker he's just been such a huge part of my life you know he's in the self-defense world <laughs>
0: okay good I know I tell a lot of people, Mr. Miyagi was my first instructor. <laughs> and then just a few days later, it was, it was Bill Nelson, but Mr. Miyagi Aww. was the first one. He's the reason, he's the reason I got into it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. How about a favorite martial arts book?
1: Oh gosh, that's easy. So mine of course have to be self-defense books. Okay. So um, my new favorite, it's called never defenseless empowering women's self-defense and it's written by brad parker
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, uh, it's brand new um and then it's really really good it's practical realistic self-defense then my other mentor uh steve he wrote a book called the new superpower for women and he wrote that a couple years ago but you know what is an awesome book i'm telling you right now you'll you can't if you find it on amazon it'll be used and you might have to pay a lot just you can get it at the library it's called um strong on Defense, written by Sanford Strong. And it is the the most incredible book. It's very old, so it doesn't have things in it like cell phones. But what he did was He took, he was a San Diego police officer and he took a bunch of different cases and he tells the story because so it's the storytelling and then he dissects it, what the victim did correctly or might, or maybe what they should have done. So you actually learn from other people's experiences. He he was even on the Oprah Winfrey show. Unfortunately, um, he just passed away, but I I think he was in his nineties. Oh, wow. But oh, yeah, this I found
0: it here. Book book amazing. came out in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Out. Okay.
1: But yeah, you learn from other people's, you know, attacks. Mm-hmm. It's called Strong on Defense. But yeah. But definitely read Never Defenseless because okay. it's great. And it's it's an easy read.
0: Cool. Well, some more books to add to my list. And and like I tell many of my guests, now I just gotta find time to read again. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I'm a voracious reader, so give me a book and I'm happy. <laughs> I used
0: to be, I used, but literally every free minute I have, I'm working on my podcast. So, I, oh, I know, yeah. I'm
1: proud of you. Keep, I know, I just, I just
0: wish. I mean, like I said, I used to read about one to two hours a day. So <gasps> I, I'd, I'd read in the morning. Uh, I'd read when I used to donate plasma. I'd read on every break at work. And now I'm usually <laughs> researching yeah. or reaching out to guests or working on stuff. And but,
1: but I'm sure you know this. You know, um, you're doing so much. I mean, not only are you enlightening non-martial artists, I mean, I've learned so much by listening to your guests. It's just so cool to hear about the different arts, what they are, what they concentrate on. I love listening about the black belt tests mm-hmm. <laughs> and just the funny stories you will tell about, you know, different senseis.
0: And that's why I keep doing it. <laughs> so people see, I love people, it. I'm a seem fan. People to enjoy it. That's good. All right. How about a favorite martial arts video game?
1: Uh pass. <laughs> really?
0: Never. Your kids haven't got you into gaming?
1: <laughs> oh no, no. But they did. I mean, of course, it was always Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. Okay, but
0: no. <laughs> all right. Favorite martial arts TV show?
1: Okay, the obvious Cobra Kai. Nice. I mean, I, I'm I'm addicted. I'm addicted. I cannot wait for the next season. But you know, another funny show. They have martial arts in it, and I'm, I would love to know who choreographs fight scenes. Is Have you ever seen Supernatural?
0: Oh, I love that show. Yeah.
1: Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's my, I've, we binged 15 seasons, but to see them using martial art techniques on vampires and demons, it's hilarious. <laughs> I'll have to
0: look, find out who the fight choreographer is. I guess I've never even thought of looking into that. It's my daughter's favorite show. She
1: loves oh, it. Oh, it's my favorite. I yeah. love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's see. Let's see. Supernatural.
1: Fight scenes with werewolves and vampires are just super cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: definitely. I would agree. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm writing that down. I'm going to take a note to try to find out who the fight choreographer is for Supernatural. So because yeah, if I they're if they're a that. martial artist, I'll try to get him on the show.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. How about favorite martial arts movie?
1: Okay. Well, because I work with children so much, I love, love, love the live action, real people Mulan. Oh gosh, I just love Mulan. But mm-hmm. all time favorite Bloodsport.
0: Really, really. <laughs> oh, my,
1: my son and I, we could watch Van Damme movies over and over. We just, I just love Bloodsport. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's so cool. I, I would have never guessed that.
1: I <laughs> just love it. Yeah,
0: that is awesome. So who's who's your which is your favorite fight in there? Who's oh, which opponent? Really?
1: It's got to be the final fight scene. Yeah. You know, I can't remember the characters, but you know, just when you just kind of like, you know, the whole Rocky Balboa, just when you think it's over, it's not. <laughs>
0: That's so cool. Yeah, I know. I watch that at least once a year. It's one of those yeah. guilty, guilty pleasures. Got to keep watching yeah. it. So, all right. How about then? And like I say, it doesn't have to be a martial arts movie, just a favorite movie fight scene.
1: Okay, yeah, you know, it's funny because I I had to really think about that. I'm going to go with the self-defense world. Have you seen Jennifer Lopez's movie, The Enough?
0: Oh, that's a great movie, yeah. Oh, when she kicks
1: her ex-husband's butt. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. She goes underground and she learns Krav. I'm pretty sure it was Krav. Mm -hmm. I love that scene. And then have you seen Halle Berry's movie, The Call?
0: Yes, yep.
1: Oh, yeah, so I love revenge movies, so when she and that little girl just uh... (laughs) – They just take that guy out in the end, you know, any, any type of movie that has a self-defense with women in it. I love it.
0: Very cool. I like that. And then (laughs) I, I, one thing I forgot to ask you about is to talk a little bit about ESD.
1: Oh, right. So I'm kind of new to ESD. Um, They, they are, you know, kind of a a global self-defense community and empowerment, self-defense community. And it's worldwide. I mean, there's this huge presence in Africa and Europe and, and, they a lot. Of, I would say most of them teach physical self defense, but some of them don't. A lot of it is violence prevention, okay. so um, or de escalation. So it's really a component of a lot of different areas. But I would say most of us teach physical self defense, and it's all different forms because a lot of them are martial artists. Some of them aren't. You know, some of them have been certified, and um, and they just bring you know all different techniques uh, to the table but it's really neat to see one time i saw or i read an article where there was a woman within the community and they were she was they were teaching women in Africa and i think if i'm mistaken the, she was using like stuffed backpacks as like pads oh wow to hit. Yeah. So, you know, really going in there and finding the people that need the self-defense, the the communities that really need the self-defense the most. And they have a whole credentialing program as well.
0: That's kind of cool. And you said you're fairly new to that?
1: Yeah. So I I just joined it um, about a year ago. So I haven't done their credentialing program yet, but um, it's really inspiring to see what what other women are doing in other countries. I believe the founder is from Israel. Yes, she is from Israel.
0: All right. So <laughs> what now, now's the time. What have I missed? Anything? Maybe I, I forgot to ask you or we haven't talked about yet. I want to make sure we, we, we cover anything you want to.
1: I, I think we covered it all. Yeah. Um, if I had any parting words, I would just like to say, you know, um, we all, you know, we all study different forms. And, and like you've said, in so many of your podcasts, you know, it's really sad when we see one martial art criticize another martial art or criticize techniques, mm-hmm. you know, oh, that's not going to work. You're going to get somebody killed, you know, that type of a thing. When really, you know, if, if you're working with people that are non-martial artists, you're probably not going to get them in your school. Then really, we just need to look at, you know, what, what works best Um, using those large motor skills, using your voice to attract attention and instilling confidence. I always tell my students confidence is your chihuahua confidence is your (laughs) secret weapon, you know, and then really encouraging any martial arts school to to reach out into the community and maybe start teaching those kids and women that might not want to sign up. For a martial art maybe they will I don't know but maybe they won't and and try to branch out and hit like the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts and maybe you might even have an instructor that you know is, is that that's their whole job is just to go out and, and and teach these groups and and just really empower our community with um, safety but prevention and then um, self-defense techniques so that's why our whole licensee program started it's okay. just trying to Reach the masses.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's great. Well, Tracy, I got, I got to say thank you. This has been a blast, and I, I can't oh, wait to I start mean. listening to the podcast and, and hopefully uh, keep keep it going and keep releasing fun episodes. And I definitely want to tune in to hear some of the, the funny stories, too. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'll let you know when the poop story's up. <laughs> <laughs> that,
0: that'll be a good one to hear.
1: <laughs> right, right. And I love to, I love speaking with you. And do you know that you have a new fan, and I'll be turn, tuning in every week.
0: I truly appreciate that. It's, I appreciate the support, and, and it's been Uh, it's been a blast talking
1: okay yeah well you take care and i look forward to speaking with you
0: again all right have a good one you
1: too
0: thanks for listening to everyday martial artists we hope you will join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story if you enjoy the show be sure to leave us a review also be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com there you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions again thanks for listening to everyday martial artists and we'll see you next week.